This is Parent Q Live, brought to you by the team at Parent Q. Hey, friends and family, welcome to another episode of Parent Q Live. Carlos Enrique with Kid Guzman to El with my co host, Kristen Ivey. Here we are today, Kristen. We're going to be talking today, let's just jump right into it, about confidence in our kids and worthiness in our kids. And really, really the difference between confidence and maybe unhealthiness when it comes to that. Well, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. Like too much confidence? Too much confidence. Oh, you know, yeah. You, you know those kids that have too much confidence. Well, and sometimes you see it in your own house. You, Let's you be do. honest. You look at your kid, you're like, hey, maybe you've outgrown, <laughs> you've outgrown yes. yourself here for a moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that you actually have a great story about this in particular with your son. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So this last year, uh, I work for an organization that hosts a conference for leaders who work with kids and teenagers. And we have this conference every year in Atlanta, Georgia. There's 8,000 leaders in the arena. It's got a lot of energy, a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a big thing. It's fun, you know, and as just my kids, they always kind of come along. They enjoy conference. It's part of our family routine. They get to show up and walk backstage and feel real cool. Uh, in the green room. And, oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, special perks of a staff yes, member. of course. And so this last year, my son, our oldest kid, had an opportunity to be part of a video that we show at the conference. Mm, okay. And so he took to this like so much more than I thought he would. Right. He was so excited yeah i mean his whole heart was in it yeah and he was on this video it's not scripted he's not an actor he's never done video work before but he shows up he's on the camera he gets to watch the video ahead of time he's pumped for the moment and and the the video shoot was actually like a real deal tons of cameras like a director like yeah it was a big deal it was a big deal but kids who are not actors so (laughs) just on screen but this became his moment and he knew that they were showing this video in the arena with 8,000 leaders he was so excited for them to get to watch him and then at the end of the conference they had a moment where they walked the kids from the video up onto the stage. In front of 8,000 people. In front of 8,000 people. He is eight years old at the time. <sighs> and all of the audience gives them a standing ovation. It was like magic oh, for them. Oh, you know, they're looking oh, around yeah. at this arena of people standing on their feet, applauding them. Yes. And then he walks out into the audience after it's all over and there are leaders who ask him for his autograph and i kid you not we come home and he is just on cloud nine right he's like mom i'm famous oh famous (laughs) so for the next week i felt like it was my maternal responsibility (laughs) to kind of tear him down a little bit just a little bit like hey bud you're in a very loving way you're not that cool right you're not that famous yes you're not that big of a deal yes and we were just kind of in recovery mode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, sometimes there's a moment as a parent when you're looking at your kid, you're going, okay, I think your ego has kind of outgrown yes. your self. Reality. <laughs> reality. Your, your reality. reality. You yep. I'm going to bring you back to reality for a yep. minute. And as parents, you're constantly kind of walking the tension of knowing where's the moment that you lean into your kid and bring them back to reality and who they really are. Absolutely. And also the yeah. moments when you look at your kid and go, no, 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 no. You have so much more potential yes. than what you're realizing. Lean into that confidence. Right. Yeah. And you've got to build their confidence too. Yeah. So how do you grow kids 
you know, where they understand the difference between a healthy confidence and maybe a little too much swagger. Right, right. Yes, that's great, Kristen. So what we've done is we've actually asked some parents, what is the difference in their kids between a healthy confidence and maybe that unhealthy swagger? And this is what they had to say. The difference between confidence and swagger. Hmm, I think swagger you see more on the outside. Confidence would be something that was within and maybe how you articulate things. Yeah, but if you got swag, you see it. But confidence comes with from within, I think. Uh, confidence can be inward, but not necessarily seen outwardly, but you can feel confident inside, whereas swagger is kind of undeniable. Everybody kind of can kind of see you have swagger, but confidence can be something that's more introverted. Not necessarily seen on the outside, but you can still have it. Confidence is putting your shoulders back and walking into the room like you own it. Swagger is a little bit on the outside. You look like a hair flop and take it out in front of everybody, right? Yeah. I think swagger is just like innate. Like you either have it or you don't. And confidence you can like learn. I think swagger is charisma too. Confidence, you can be confident but not charismatic. So I think that charisma would be part of the swagger. Ooh, uh, style. Swaggers when you got style. I don't know. <laughs> it's overconfidence. I don't know. Those are some great, great, great responses from some parents on exactly what does it look like with that line? Because you do understand if you're listening to this and you're a parent that there is that line where confidence can sometimes cross over into an unhealthy swagger, right, Kristen? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it can get there. And what we want to do is make sure that, because I think there's a big difference. I think a, I think when it's unhealthy, a confidence is unhealthy, um, what ends up happening is whatever that is, whatever you want to call it, it ends up tearing people down. Mm. But I think a healthy confidence, um, I think kindness is what really blossoms out of a healthy confidence. So today's guest, I think, is the epitome of exactly what we're talking about, a healthy confidence. Erin Eddy uh, is her name, and she is the founder of a brand called So Worth Loving. And what I love about So Worth Loving, really quickly, no matter my past, my present, or my future, I am worthy of love. That is what she's about. And this is our conversation with Erin Now, I wanted to kind of set up a little bit of your story for our parents because, um, you know, we usually are talking a lot about parenting issues and raising kids, but there's just this tremendous um, journey that you've gone through in starting mm -hmm. a company. And I mean, did you ever know, like when you were like three, four, six, <laughs> eight, did you know you were going to start a company? Not even remotely close. I like to say that I accidentally started a company. <laughs> I always thought I was going to be a choreographer or an image consultant, like a hip hop dancer or an image consultant or uh, maybe a baker. But <laughs> <laughs> never somebody that would be a part of starting a movement. A hip hop, a hip -hop baker. Hip hop image consultant baker. Okay, okay, I can see it. <laughs> I ate while I danced. <laughs> I, now listen, I mean, don't make fun of me. I do that in my kitchen all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yes, no shame there. <laughs> so part of your story that I I get to love personally is that. Um, I guess it's been about seven years now. We had an yeah. opportunity to work together for a little bit That's for a crazy. season. Yeah. And then 
obviously you were destined to do a lot more and grow um, and, and try new things, but walk us through a little bit of your story and how this all got started. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't go, well, I repeated fifth grade. I didn't go to college. I didn't know necessarily what I truly wanted to do, but I wanted, I knew there were a few things I wanted to do, which was be around sound leadership and make some wave or impact in the world. I'd always prayed since I was little to be a bright light. And when people ask where it came from, I could share that it comes from my heavenly father. Always prayed that prayer. I love this piece of Erin's story where she mentions struggling in school because as a parent, it's often hard for us when we look at our kids struggling academically to remember that they still have a future. And anybody who knows anything about Erin and this amazing story she's about to share with the company that she's grown and started, I think can take kind of comfort in this idea that, hey, if your kid may be struggling academically, they have this bright future ahead and their grades don't define them, their struggles don't define them. And as parents, it's our job to look to the future to keep that in front of us and not worry to a negative degree about where their limitations might fall. Um, so when I graduated high school, I worked for my parents' furniture company for a little while. They owned a furniture company for a little over 35 years and they manufactured it up in North Georgia. And I decided to spread my wings and go work for an organization. I basically begged them to hire me I said, I will do all the grunt work. I will take the trash out. I will do data cards and spreadsheets. No one should trust me with data cards and spreadsheets. I really <laughs> literally have no clue how I got that job. I think because I was just, I begged them and they felt bad for me. And then <laughs> they trusted me for four and a half years. And then that's when I met you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, I remember the owner of the company, I was at a small dinner and there was like a team of seven people there. And he looked at me, I was at the end of the table, I was new, newly there. I looked at the end of the table and he was like, Aaron, what is it that you want to do? Hmm. Like, sky's the limit. Hmm. Aspirations, like, what do you want to do? And I thought it was a trick question because I was working for him. So I said, uh, I'm doing it. <laughs> Which, if you, know, if you know him, he got really bored with that response. And so <laughs> he was like, okay, no, like, no, but really, like, what is it that you want to do? And I'm like, I have no clue. And so I thought about it and I th kept thinking, like, why can't I answer that question? Like, I've actually never dreamt. Like, I always, because I struggled with school and I struggled with um, passing classes and stuff, I was always in survival mode. That dreaming was never something that I did. Like, wow. I did it a little bit. Like, I would tap into, like, wanting to be Britney Spears for, like, a smidge of a moment, you know? Like, right. some pop singer for a moment or, like, a little bit of that dreaming, but not, like, tangible dreaming, hmm. which I think is a difference. So, anyway, so I started thinking, like, well, what is it that I want to do? And I thought, I think I want to do music. I think that's what I want to do. I've always I, – I grew up – at a church where I led worship for fifth graders, and um, uh, then I did led worship for middle schoolers. So I was doing that for probably eight years when he asked me this question. But I think I was scared to be very vulnerable about what it is that I wanted to do. 
Because when you're vulnerable about what you want to do, someone can easily go, uh, right. really? You think <laughs> you can do it? And so I didn't really want to be vulnerable. So anyway, so I decided to call the producer. I was like, hey, I want to do cover songs. He was like, if you want to work with me, we can't do cover songs. We need to do real, like, what's inside of you songs. And I'm like, no, that sounds scary. And he was like, too bad. So then I decided to write my own music record, released a few EPs. Then, but I was also working at this organization. So I was just doing this as a fun passion project. And I love that my boss even was like, go for it, you know, and like explore and dream. And so I, I uh, my music started growing very rapidly. Then I had a music video that went viral. And I thought, oh my gosh, when something goes viral, you see a lot of love and a lot of hate in the world. You see a lot of people that like you, you see a lot of people that don't like you. You see a lot of hurt, and you see a lot of hurt in the world, and so um, quickly. So I thought, man, I wish I could create fan merch for the people that support and love my music. I wish I could create something for them that is um, something that they can carry, that they can believe in themselves in. Not like my name, not my face, but something bigger than me. And so I came up with this phrase. Honestly, it was like, God absolutely spoke it over me and he said I want you to tell the world that they're worth loving because I think a lot of people don't believe it and mm. and uh, I want you to reinforce what I am trying to tell people this light that you prayed for when you were in middle school I think I don't think I want you to use it for this and so um, I decided to put my address on my blog which was so not safe or wise. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad, if he knew how to use a computer, he would have absolutely deleted it. <laughs> I'm like this like 411 blonde little innocent thing wanting to love on the world. And I'm like, here's my home address. Um, <laughs> so not wise. So I, um, <laughs> so I, Put it out there and I'm like, mail me your personal shirt, I'll spray paint, you're worth loving, and I'll mail it back to you for free. If you wanna pay for shipping and like give me five bucks, cool. But if not, no worries. So I did that for about eight months while I was working for this organization and then it just exploded. So many people were writing me letters telling me why they felt unworthy of love. Anxiety, depression, uh, divorce, breakup, um, failure on tests to um, self-harm, eating disorders, anything and everything. I've seen thousands and thousands of stories of people struggling with believing that they are worthy of love. And, and, and what was crazy to me was everyone that wrote to me thought that they were the only person that wow. felt this way. And I thought if people knew that they weren't alone, I think that they would be able to see themselves the way that God sees them. We're going to dive right back into Erin's story, but first I just wanted to say that later in our conversation, Erin shares with us some parenting gold, but there are so many pieces that she's already shared with us about her story that I just love. The role of someone who gave her permission to dream, the mix of having the world take notice of her only to discover that the world is often full of hurting people. And of course, her compassion to respond to the pain that she saw with kindness, which as Carlos pointed out earlier in this episode, is the ultimate expression of healthy confidence. 
In this next part of our conversation, I asked Erin about some of the letters that she received when she first started printing t-shirts. And she shared amazing stories about how people would send t-shirts along with letters where the t-shirts still smelled like their laundry detergent. It was personal to them. I asked her if she still had some of the letters that were written to her at the beginning of So Worth Loving, and of course she did. And I wanted her to share this letter with us, but as she reads the words from the letter that she is gonna share with us, I want you to think about this from a parenting perspective because it's so important that as adults, we oftentimes miss the way that our kids are processing their self-awareness or sense of self. It's just far too easy for us to miss this idea that oftentimes the seeds of insecurity, inadequacy, and self-loathing can be planted very young. And we fail to see how our teenagers may be thinking about their bodies or talking to themselves about their bodies. So as she shares this with us, I want you to think for just a minute about your own kids, about your kids' friends, and about the world that they're growing up in. Uh, yeah, I received, I mean, I would receive stories, like handwritten letters uh, attached to this T-shirt that smells like their laundry detergent. You know, some people would go out and buy from Target because they wanted a fresh new tea. Others, it was like, this is my favorite shirt. And then in my mind, I'm like, do not mess it up. <laughs> do not. What if I mess up this 10-year-old shirt? And I did that three times. And uh, then I went out and bought him a shirt, and I mailed him too. <laughs> but I'll, I'll read you one. This is a letter a girl wrote. Um, she's in our, just in our community, in our tribe, and... Um, it's about her body, and I think it's just a beautiful letter um, as a reminder to herself. Dear body, you are the only tangible thing that has been with me my entire life, yet I've treated you like complete garbage. For 22 years, you've embarked on this journey with me, and honestly, I think I've put you through far more than you deserved. You've become something that holds such deep shame and unworthiness, and in my mind, I've removed myself from you. This is all so beyond my comfort zone. I can't help but look at you and instantly feel disgusted. To the Two of the nastiest words smear across the mirror when I try looking in its reflection. Fat and ugly. Two words that have circled my brain countless times and their power strengthening each year. My face reminds me of a chipmunk whose cheeks are constantly filled and never fully empty. I see two extra neck rolls like sausage busting out of the, of the casing and the stretch marks on my stomach seem to continuously grow. My chest is heavy and when I lay on my back, I feel like I am being suffocated by my own body. There has, been, there has never been a thing called a thigh gap, nor have I been toned or fit. My stomach, the least favorite part of my body. I hide behind baggy, dark-colored clothes in hopes I blend in and remain unnoticed. It's difficult to accept any sort of compliment, let alone try to believe one. Swimsuits have never been on my side, and the majority of the time, I am the thicker friend. Chocolate has held its control, and my self-discipline is nearly in the negatives. I tend to hide when I eat in fear that someone will judge me. You have been violated and abused. I've taken advantage of you and hold quite a few battle scars. 
Honestly, I could probably keep going, but this is where I draw the line in the sand. I should be treating you as a friend rather than an enemy. You do not define my worth. I am a hair of the almighty king and need to be acting that way. I was created in his image, not my image, not society's image, but his image. Matthew West says it best. I am no longer defined by all the wreckage behind. The one who makes all things new has proven it's true. Jesus, take off this shame that's over my life. I'm filled with God-given purpose. I'm unique and precious, loved and forgiven, protected and chosen, free and whole, righteous and light, washed, clean, and created new. I could go on and on as I dig deeper into his word, but I was only given one body and it was created to be treated like a temple. And I'm sorry for not caring for you like a precious jewel. I promise to work harder and being more mindful and caring for you and living in a season of thanksgiving. My hope is to build a better relationship with you. I'm going to love you. That story is so real for so many of us um, as parents. Um, it resonates as we have our own journey with our bodies. Whether you're a dad or a mom, you could have this struggle um, that's real for us. And oftentimes, we begin to look at our kids almost like a mirror of ourself. And as you work through your own issues with your body, it's easy to begin to see how they affect your kids image of their body and the way that they treat themselves. So that's mm. such a powerful story for us to hear and just keep in mind because there is this important connection. Um, tell us just a little bit about what you've discovered about people over the last seven years. You do <laughs> see a side of people that I think most of us can sometimes miss out on. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, what I have learned about people, they make choices in their life based on how they view themselves. And if they've told themselves over and over and over again a small lie, lies, they manifest in secrecy, and they grow and they grow, and we can continue to tell ourselves these lies, and then we make choices out of it. Um, we go into relationships. We have certain friendships. We say yes to certain things that aren't healthy for us because we think we deserve it. A lot of people when they find themselves struggling with feeling unworthy of love, it's because they're experiencing a first. Hmm. You said this to me, and it stuck with me. It really, really resonated because as a parent, um, when you have a kid who's young, some of the trauma in their life or the crisis in their life, go back to like the last thing that happened maybe with your toddler if you've got a young kid. We oftentimes look at that crisis and say, hey, it's not a big deal. You know, people have... You've experienced that as an adult maybe hundreds of times, and mm -hmm. so you no longer fall to pieces <laughs> when it happens, and yet for your two-year-old, it is a first. So unpack some of those firsts for a minute. What does that look like? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I, when I realized that, like I, because I started just analyzing and wanting to understand why people struggle so much with believing that they are worthy of love, and it is the first. It's the first failures. It's the first rejections. It's the first that kind of take root in us. And it's mm -hmm. how we respond to them. Do we correct it? Do we add something positive to it? Or do we dismiss it? If we dismiss it, we're not facing it. And I think a lot of, a lot of people struggle with 
not wanting to face the pain of a first. So, uh, you know, I look at like, you know, the first time you fail on a test, the first time you get bullied, the first time you have a boyfriend, the first time you get rejected, the first time a teacher, you know, doesn't treat you well, actually treats you less than. Hmm. Those first really, if you, if you're impressionable to it, you can absorb it mm. and you start to live your life outside of that, wow. uh, outside of that person's truth or that, the truth of that circumstance, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so firsts, firsts are so important to lean into and to not dismiss. Mm. You know, I've read, I read recently that rejection um, is not only an emotional feeling, but it is an act that alters the state in which we view ourselves. So if you're rejected, you know, kindergarten, fifth grade, seventh grade, ninth grade to college, to then 25, to then 30, I mean, there's so many forms and different layers of how we can experience rejection. That can start to alter the way we view our self-worth. Now, okay, you say it alters the way we view our self-worth, but why is that a problem? And sometimes I know that self-worth itself gets a bad rap because Mm -hmm. it starts with the word self. Mm -hmm. And as believers, we're oftentimes challenged really to um, not think about self because we Mm -hmm. should be trusting in God, right? We should be submitting to Jesus, love Jesus more and make yourself less. And so Mm -hmm. when something changes your view of self, why is that a bad thing? Why is that something we should address? Mm. That's such a good. That's such a good question. I think, um, you know, Scripture says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." And I think that you can't fully love another person wholeheartedly until you've learned how to love yourself. And how to love yourself is how God loves you. So it's this beautiful triad of, well, I wanna, I wanna love another person well. I need to get to know myself better. By getting to know myself better, I lean into the Lord more. He He shows me areas in which I need to grow, nurture, take care of, so I can love his people. That's pretty simple. <laughs> but I think we get it so complicated and we think self is selfish. Like self-worth, self-love is selfish. Hey, look, I know it's in the middle of the interview, but we have something we're so excited about. If you're a parent and you're listening to this podcast, well, we have something exciting for you. Parent Q Live is coming to a city near you. This is a night where parents can learn and laugh together. This two-hour unique experience for parents only features engaging communicators like Kristen Ivey, Carlos Whitaker, John Acuff, Reggie Joyner, and so many more. You'll also receive practical resources, and you'll also get to interact with a community to help you redefine how you parent this next year. Whether you realize it or not, what you do every week in a kid's life is making history, and that's why we're coming to a city near you, to help you be more connected, more present, more engaged, more aware, and more confident. For more information, go to tour.parentq.org. So tell me a little bit about your journey. You're in this company now where you share this message of self-worth to the world because you know if they can begin to see themselves rightly, it will affect the way that they view others and treat others well. 
how did this start in your own life? Walk me through your own adolescent journey for a minute. Mm -hmm. And how did you discover to love yourself well through your maybe awkward years? Mm. Mm. (laughs) Not that I'm saying you were ever awkward. I was so awkward. I was so (laughs) awkward, y'all. When I repeated fifth grade, I thought that I'd finally be like the average tall kid or the average size kid in class. And I still was the shortest. I was still short. I just was so awkward. Um, I, you know, my, my dad was such a wonderful man in the way he loved me. My mom and my dad were. But I think with, you know, daddy's girl, right? Like that relationship is so important. Um, any sort of male figure in your life like that. And for me, I remember I was like wanting to explore freedom of expression, wanted to dye my hair like a light pink underneath. But I, I was like this like suburbia girl. Okay, so let's just paint the picture. I live in suburbia and I'm a good Christian girl. I wear Hollister and Abercrombie for kids. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, you know, but I'm really wanting to be edgy. I wanted to be this like emo kid, but like I really wasn't that, but I thought I was, but I really wasn't. But anyways, so I decided I wanted to start, like I had my ears pierced. Then I wanted to gauge them, which is like every parent's nightmare, um, to like <laughs> gauge your ears. as like a sweet little suburban blonde-headed girl, 4'11", gauging her ears where she can put a pencil through it. That's a nightmare for parents. That's horrible. And my mom, my mom hated it. She asked me all sorts of things, like, are you joining the military? Why, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to your ears? So anyways, my dad, my, th- my dad, however, goes, okay, um, I wouldn't gauge my ears, but if that's how you want to choose freedom of expression, I still think you're beautiful. It doesn't change how I view you. And I quit gauging my ears. I took them out. And it was, you know, if my mom pushed back, I wanted to just gauge them bigger, (laughs) which is so terrible. But my dad's beautiful love towards, and my mom's a wonderful person, so let's just go ahead and, like, let me say that. Uh, She just didn't want to see her little daughter with gauged ears, which I don't blame her. But my dad's love was just so unconditional. It was like, my love is still here for you. Mm. I'm not going to pull it away when you start making choices that I don't necessarily would do for myself, which is how God loves us, hmm. right? It's like the most beautiful. And my dad, like he he didn't have a father growing up and he had a, a crazy gnarly past and he still wanted to make sure that we are, all of, all of us girls were loved and cared for and seen as valuable. And wow. so it was my dad's, Really, my dad's love and shaping my my like out of awkward stage and becoming more confident in myself. What a message for parents. I mean, I don't know you as you're listening, but there's a chance that maybe you have a kid who's making a choice you don't agree with right now, as so many of us as parents experience. And it's oftentimes our tendency to look at those decisions and want to fix the behavior and jump right in and go, no, 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 this is not who I know that you are or who I know you're going to want to be 10 years from now. So don't make this mistake right now. And 
we have to remind ourselves as parents to go, no, right now, what they need is acceptance. They need someone who will accept their personal journey and who will love them like they are because they need that message of of acceptance and value repeatedly over and over and over again, especially walking through some of the years that we all remember are just awkward and hard. So tell me a little bit about um, your journey, Erin, in this So Worth Loving message. Have you seen it resonate with maybe teenagers, preteens, and why would this message matter specifically for that age group? I've seen so, so many preteens and teens struggle with viewing themselves as something beautiful and good and something to not perfect because of how society tells them they should see themselves. I've seen preteens and teens view themselves the way social media tells them that they should see themselves, Um, the way that friends project on them. They get lost, mm. and they, they struggle with, you know, they feel alone. They feel alone in this desire to be themselves. Wow. So if you were sitting across the table, and you've heard countless stories from people, if you were sitting across the table with a parent who has a preteen or a teen, and they're going, hey, what do I do? I don't know how to fix what's wrong about them right now, and I'm really scared about their future. What advice might you give to that parent? Mm. I think we have a tendency, you know, they say anxiety is a form of pride and control. And so I think sometimes we want to control something and that we have such a firm grip that we don't allow God to come in also. So we just, we want to control the circumstance because it's all we know to do. Sometimes, um, my advice would be to have open, open hands and open dialogue. My relationship with my mom and dad is so beautiful. I'm so thankful to have parents like them because they are very much open-handed and open dialogue. Yes, I experienced a little bit of like, of course, any parent, anxiety, control, all that kind of stuff. But when I made mistakes... The world did not end. Hmm. My parents saw it as an opportunity for me to get to know myself more. Hmm. They saw it for me to, they saw it as an opportunity for me to become a better version of myself. But sometimes in order for us to become better versions of ourselves, we have to deconstruct a little bit. Yeah. You know, like I love the analogy of a butterfly and I might be getting on a tangent, but I love, you know, you always hear the caterpillar goes into a cocoon and then it becomes a butterfly. But what a lot of people don't realize is that when it's in the cocoon, it literally deconstructs. Like, it literally breaks down, becomes goo. Like, <laughs> literal goo. Like, literally, no legs, nothing, goo. Yeah. And then somehow is created into something beautiful. And I think as parents, if we can, like, take a step back and realize some of the things that are happening might be actually transforming and wow. making something even more beautiful than trying to control it. I love that. I was recently listening to a communicator who I love, um, Daniel Strickland, who reminded Mm. us that we follow a God who hovered over the chaos Mm. in the beginning. And as he hovered over the chaos, looked into that and said, now I'm going to make something beautiful. Mm. And as parents, we 
can also do that. We can look in and say, look, my kid might be in the goo right now. They may be in the chaos, but something's coming and we trust that God is going to create again something beautiful out of this mess. So one thing we like to ask right before we wrap at the end for our parents, we always bring it down to one action step they could take this week. So if you were to tell parents, here's one thing you could do to help your kid just understand how they were made and give them an affirmation of self-worth, what would that look like? What could a parent do this week to kind of move a step in their kid's direction? This might be so like too simple, but I think a lot of times we get in this space of wanting to fix instead of stay present. And so my encouragement would be instead of fixing her hair or telling him to wear his pants a certain way, maybe it's complimenting and showing a value in them that you see and acknowledging that. That's great. I love that so much and want to put that into practice in my own home. Erin, thank you for being here and having this conversation and just bringing all of the greatness of who you are to the table. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with our good friend, Erin Eddy of So Worth Loving. I know it was really helpful for me as a mom. And if you want to check out that story that she read, that's from a blog that we will link to in the show notes from today's episode. So you can go to parentq.org forward slash episode 86 so that you can read that blog, find out more of the conversation that we had with Erin. And you're not going to want to miss today's show notes. And let me tell you why. Erin and her brand, So Worth Loving, have decided to give us some great resources that we can give away to you as a listener. And for a chance to win those resources, you can find that in the show notes as well. Or you can check out theparentq.org forward slash giveaway. Either place, it will direct you the same place and you can enter so that you could win a poster to hang up in your kid's room, a pack of cards that remind your kid that they're so worth loving, and also a keychain so that you can keep this message in front of yourself and your children um, on a weekly basis. So you want a chance to get that giveaway. I know that you want um, great resources from So Worth Loving, or you can check them out at their website, soworthloving.com. Thank you for following along this conversation at Parent Q Live. If you enjoyed today's conversation, we don't want you to miss out on more great content to help you as you parent your children. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Like us, leave us a review. Those things help us spread this message to more people in communities everywhere. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of our community. Thanks for joining us on Parent Q Live. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and follow us at 